You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. We are a couple of days away from Tennessee kicking off the season. We have college football tonight, Georgia Tech-Clemson, UCLA-Cincinnati, a late-night game with Utah and BYU, which might be of interest to Tennessee fans, so college football really is here. Today's show is loaded up. There continues to be a lot of news with Tennessee football, including the news from Wednesday afternoon that Trey Smith has been cleared to play football for Tennessee, starting with the Georgia State game coming up on Saturday. So coming up in just a moment, I'll just I'll let you hear what Jeremy Pruitt had to say about Trey Smith at his press conference on Wednesday. So that's coming up here in just a moment on Locked on Vols, an update on the linebacker position for Tennessee with Daniel Batuli, his status, and then Jeremy Banks. Could we see a lot of him at linebacker this weekend? In segment number two, there are updated SP Plus rankings from Bill Conley at ESPN.com. I'll tell you where Tennessee is. I'll tell you where Tennessee's competition ranks as well. And then in the third segment, we'll come back to Trey Smith because his impact could be a great one on Tennessee's offensive line. Cole Kublik of the SEC Network will talk about Tennessee's offensive line and how it could be different with Trey Smith out there on the field. All of that is right here on Locked On Vols. It is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's here five days a week, your daily show covering what's going on with Tennessee. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, rate and review the show, download, subscribe, and keep spreading the word about Locked On Vols. Trey Smith put out a statement with the announcement that he has been cleared to play football for Tennessee. He will be out there against Georgia State. You should expect to see him starting at left guard for Tennessee this upcoming weekend. Here's the statement from Trey Smith as he has been dealing with an issue from blood clots discovered a year ago and then also before the 2018 season. It has been a very serious situation and of course his health has been the main focus leading up to this point and should be moving forward. The statement from Trey Smith reads, quote, my family and I consulted with several of the best doctors in the country and a plan has been developed that allows me to compete with my teammates on game day. My family and I are confident in that plan. The coaches and staff here at Tennessee have always had my best interests at heart and I can't thank them enough. Thanks to all of the fans and my teammates for all of their support. That is the statement from Trey Smith. The statement from Jeremy Pruitt read, quote, This is Trey's decision, and our medical staff has done a great job throughout this entire process. The main priority has been and always will be Trey's health. Our doctors have implemented a plan that will allow Trey to play, and we are excited for him. Jeremy Pruitt spoke to the media on Wednesday about Trey. This was after those statements were released, and I'll let you hear pretty much all that Tennessee's head coach had to say about Trey Smith, who is a terrific player, a terrific person by all accounts as well. While it's been a very serious situation for Trey off the field, he has no doubt worked hard to be able to play on the field. He has continued to work out. He has been a part of practice both in the spring and during fall camp, even when he was not allowed to participate in full contact so listen to what Jeremy Pruitt had to say you'll hear several questions from the media but uh, a pretty important topic Trey's a big time player for Tennessee here's what Jeremy Pruitt had to say starting out talking about Trey Smith Trey Smith is is going to be able to play some snaps on Saturday so uh, that's a great thing for Trey Uh, you know this is something that uh, 
Trey and his family decided to do, um, and along with our doctors here at the university and people across the country have come up with a with a plan for him to be able to, to play the game that he loves. I know you can't go into too many spe- specifics, but even in generalities, can you say anything about what this plan is that's <laughs> going to be able to allow Trey to play? No, it's it's a it's a plan that our that our doctors came up with, and as far as uh, playing in the game, I mean Trey's just like any other guy on our team. Um, you know, he'll he'll definitely play some. How much I don't know, uh, but he's 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 practiced a few times this camp, so uh, you know he's worked really hard um, since this all began. Uh, probably in the best shape of his life. Uh, you know, I think he weighs about 320 pounds. So uh, when we got here, he weighed 365. So he's he's worked really hard, and um, you know, I'm 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 proud that he's getting an opportunity to do what he loves to do. Do you know about when he was cleared for full contact and practice? And then, have you been given a plan to like manage his snaps? Is it entirely up to you, or or do you have to follow a plan to manage his snaps with this? No, the plan's definitely the with our um, our medical staff. So. Uh, we've got a plan. Uh, you know, we really are, are keeping it in-house. Uh, you know, I don't think it's smart to let our opponents know how many snaps Trey's going to play or not going to play. You did note in the, in the statement that it was Trey's decision to play. When he kind of came with you, or came to you, uh, once the doctors had kind of made the, the, the necessary assessments that it, it's, it's okay for him to play, how did he kind of approach you and what was that conversation like when you, when you realized, okay, he is going to be a guy that we can count on this week versus Georgia State? Well, I'm sure Trey's wanted to play the entire time, you know, so uh, he's he's not made, you know, there's not been any secrets about that. Uh, I think it's why him and his family have really thoroughly investigated this along with uh, our medical staff to, to figure out a way to give him the best opportunity to have success, not only right now, but for the rest of his life. Does it hurt him that he's missed so much contact the last however long it's been, or is he just kind of that guy that can step back into it? No, I think everybody that, um, you know, when you play football, it's really a developmental game, especially at his position. Uh, Trey has – he's a very talented guy, uh, but there's no doubt that the more practices you get, the, the better you'll, you'll perform. So um, he's, he's really worked hard at the skill sets, uh, just not with everybody else. Um, so um, we'll, we'll see how he does. Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt talking about Trey Smith. Jeremy did not want to talk in detail about the plan to allow Trey to play, and this could be a week-to-week conversation. There could be a week where he is not able to go. We, we don't know that, but we do know that Trey has been working all offseason to be in a position to be able to play. Doctors have cleared him, and Trey has decided that he wants to play all the best to Trey. We Again, we know that he wants to play football, and he has worked to be in this kind of position, and uh, his dedication to Tennessee football is very obvious. You want to talk about giving your all for Tennessee, Trey Smith is that. He also can make a big difference for Tennessee's offensive line. He's only one person, but he is a tremendous player. He can help with somebody like Wanya Morris being out at left tackle as a true freshman with Trey Smith lined up at left guard. That can help with communication from center over to the left side. You're going to have a senior at center in Brandon Kennedy, most likely. Uh, Trey's a third-year guy with a ton of experience, having started as a freshman in most of last season, and can just help in a number of different ways, plus can probably help with what Jim Chaney is able to call 
within the offense. So Trey Smith being cleared a day after the NCAA granted the immediate eligibility to Aubrey Solomon is a pretty big upgrade for Tennessee's offensive and defensive lines. Now through the offseason, Aubrey Solomon has been practicing in full with the defensive line. But of course, we we didn't know for sure what the case would be on Saturdays. We know that Aubrey is going to play, and now we know that Trey is going to play this week. We don't know for sure how many snaps he will be able to play, how much of the game he will play. But Jeremy Pruitt did say that he's in terrific shape, and that's something that should help him as he goes out there and plays on Saturday. We're going to cover more of this on the show. You're going to want to hear what Cole Kublik of the SEC Network had to say about Trey Smith and Tennessee's offensive line, as well as Jim Chaney's impact on Tennessee's offense in the third segment of today's show. A couple of other notes for you on the defensive side before this segment ends. Daniel Batuli will not play at linebacker for Tennessee this Saturday. That's not a surprise as he had his knee scoped last week, had it cleaned up according to Tennessee's head coach. So look for Henry To'o To'o to start as a true freshman. And then Will Ignat should be the other starter at inside linebacker, assuming he's good to go as well. Also, Watch for number 33, Jeremy Banks, a sophomore who spent some time on the practice field at linebacker last year, but really only played at running back and then spent most of the offseason and fall camp at running back. He's going to be ready to play a lot of snaps at linebacker this weekend, according to Jeremy Pruitt, and then we will see what that means for Banks moving forward. What if Daniel Batuli can't play next week? The expectation, I believe, is that he will be able to, but that's not 100% known. So Tennessee has to plan to build some more depth at that position. Jeremy Banks will be a player to pay attention to this weekend, a sophomore, former running back right now. Jeremy Banks will be a linebacker for Tennessee. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, the SP Plus rankings have been updated from Bill Conley at ESPN.com. I will tell you where Tennessee's football team ranks and where Tennessee's competition ranks heading into this upcoming season. That's next right here on Locked on Vols today presented by MyBookie. If you are looking to bet every football weekend with college coming up, the NFL starts up next Thursday, MyBookie is the place to bet every football weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Here's something to know about my bookie. It has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. How about this bonus? MyBookie will double your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid at MyBookie. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Bill Conley's SP Plus rankings came out on Wednesday at ESPN.com. I will share a link in the show notes if you want to check them out for yourself. Bill does a really good job, I think, of crunching numbers and looking at a lot of different aspects within the college football world to rank teams. No measurement is perfect, but I do think Bill's numbers are really interesting and a lot of people around college football, including teams, follow a lot of the numbers that Bill puts out. So uh, check out the link if you'd like to in the show notes. I'll tell you where Tennessee is, and then I will look at Tennessee's opponents this upcoming season to tell you where they rank as well. So in the SP Plus rankings, Tennessee comes in at number 26, which is pretty good considering the Vols went 5-7 and seven last year, 4-8 and eight the year before. The amount of talent that Tennessee has returning, at least talent in terms of how those players were ranked, coming out of high school or junior college, where they were ranked when Tennessee signed them, and then the fact that they should have undergone some kind of development, and a lot of the offseason talk was the weight program for Tennessee, right? Well, that's part of the formula for looking at what Tennessee has, and Tennessee has a lot of players returning. Trey Smith is now going to play. We know that. He's a very highly ranked player. Aubrey Solomon is going to play. We know that. He was a very highly ranked player in the 2017 class. Then you have a number of guys like Daryl Taylor, Marquez Calloway, Juwan Jennings, Nigel Warrior, I can keep going, that were pretty well thought of as prospects. Daniel Batuli was a four-star prospect in the 2016 class. So Bill Connolly's numbers, I think, take into account how much talent, and you can determine what talent means yourself, but uh, how much talent Tennessee has coming back through recruiting, and it puts Tennessee at number 26. Not bad. Now, you also are probably aware Tennessee's schedule it's not that easy either. Maybe it's a more favorable or more manageable schedule than what we've seen the last few years with Tennessee. But here are the teams that Tennessee will play this season where they are ranked in the SP Plus rankings. Alabama comes in at number one overall. Alabama did lose linebacker Dylan Moses for the season. It looks like the Crimson Tide will be starting a couple of true freshmen inside at linebacker. That's the projection right now, which is really incredible. But they've suffered a couple of really serious injuries at that position. You know Alabama's going to be good, though. I don't have to tell you that. So Alabama's number one. Georgia comes in at number three. Florida is number six. So Tennessee will play three of the top six teams according to the SP Plus rankings. These next two schools might surprise you. Bill Connolly's numbers have Mississippi State number 10 and Missouri number 13. It is worth noting with Mississippi State, several players are facing suspensions because of NCAA penalties that were announced last week. The players' names have not been announced, but when State goes out there and plays a game this weekend against Louisiana Lafayette, we're going to have a better idea of what's going on there. So Mississippi State should not be at full strength when it comes to Knoxville later in the season. But Mississippi State is number 10. Missouri is number 13. Those two schools are definitely higher in the SP Plus rankings than what we have typically seen with some of the preseason rankings out there. Missouri could be a really good team. You have a new quarterback in Kelly Bryant. Both of those schools, by the way, have new starting quarterbacks. Tommy Stevens, the transfer from Penn State, and then Kelly Bryant, the Clemson transfer at Missouri. So Mississippi State, number 10, Missouri, number 13, and then South Carolina is number 17. Tennessee will face six teams ranked higher than its number 26 ranking with the preseason SP Plus numbers. Other teams of note, Kentucky is number 40, 
Vanderbilt is number 49, BYU is number 50. So that would be nine teams in the top 50 on Tennessee's schedule. The other schools, Georgia State this weekend, Chattanooga, and then UAB, should not be much of a concern for Tennessee. Now, UAB could be a quality team, and UAB has a good quarterback, but it also comes in at number 104 in the SP Plus rankings. That's a game that, obviously, Tennessee should win later in the season. So, interesting numbers. They say that Tennessee should be a good team, but Tennessee's going to play a bunch of good teams. Those swing games that we've spent a lot of time talking about this offseason will determine which direction Tennessee's season goes most likely. There are still right now two teams that I just can't say Tennessee uh, right now has a has much of a chance of beating. Uh, I, I can't say that Tennessee is going to Alabama and winning. That would be a stunner. And Georgia is at home for Tennessee, so it can't be ruled out as a possibility. It's just a tremendous long shot. Tennessee has two weeks to get ready for that game, but Georgia will have that as well. Tennessee will face four teams this year coming off bye weeks. Uh, and part of that's affected by the fact that there are two off weeks for every team this season. I think Georgia's playing five. I went over that earlier in the summer. But the schedule is not easy. It's somewhat manageable, I would say, for Tennessee's football team. And then there's the part of how do we grade Tennessee this season? Is it all based on record? Because every eight and four out there, every seven and five out there is not created equal. If Tennessee goes seven and five or certainly eight and four, I think that would be impressive to most people considering Tennessee is facing so many teams that are considered to be as good as Tennessee or better, and some of those teams that rank below Tennessee aren't that far below the Vols. So that's something I asked Tony Barnhart back at SEC Media Days in July. I asked him, hey, what do you think Jeremy Pruitt would want to see from his team to show that the team is better and the program is making the right kind of progress? Listen to what Tony said at the time had a couple of moments last year when they were able to beat Auburn and beat Kentucky. That, To me, that was the telltale sign that said, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. It's a matter of being consistent and doing it week after week after week and building the depth. So what you're looking for for Tennessee this year is don't play. I'm raising my hand up here, but don't, don't play up here this week and play down here next week. Give me more of a straight line, and that's what every coach wants, and it's hard to do. Yeah, so I think that's fair. More consistency, more games where Tennessee plays at a high enough level to give itself a chance to win. Tennessee showed that it can win against quality opponents by beating Auburn and Kentucky, but it also showed it could get blown out by opponents like Vanderbilt and Missouri and, of course, what Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and West Virginia were able to do. South Carolina was the one game that was competitive that Tennessee was on the losing end. Six of those seven losses last year were blowouts. You probably know that as well. So interesting perspective there, I thought, from Tony Barnhart. Interesting numbers from Bill Conley as we get ready to see games starting tonight and this upcoming weekend. Remember, BYU and Utah will play tonight. It's a late one, 10-15 Eastern time on ESPN, but a little Thursday night action featuring Tennessee's Week 2 opponent, BYU, going up against rival Utah. That could be a really good game. The Holy War is a, a really good rivalry in college football. So if you're up late and you have a chance, BYU and Utah, check it out, 10-15 on ESPN tonight. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, back to Trey Smith. Cole Kublik of the SEC Network, a former offensive lineman in the SEC, talks about Tennessee's offensive line as a whole and what Trey Smith can do to help Tennessee's offensive line and what Jim Chaney can do. 
That's coming up next on Locked On Vols, your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which hosts Locked On NFL, which is getting a ton of coverage right now because it's helping you get ready for the start of the NFL season. With the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson, it's hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. I want to take you back to SEC Media Days again, and this conversation goes back to Tennessee's offensive line. With the news that Trey Smith will be able to play on Saturday, we don't know exactly how much, but we do know that he will be out there at left guard for Tennessee this weekend. I asked Cole Kubelik, a former offensive lineman at Auburn, now an analyst with the SEC Network. He's also on three-man front on JOX down in there in Birmingham. But I asked him what he thinks about Tennessee's offensive line. He talks about if Trey Smith can play, because that was a question at the time of the conversation, and what questions he's asking right now about Tennessee's offensive line. This is Cole Kublik. Consistently who are going to be their guys, really, because if you go with two true freshman tackles, obviously we don't know what those guys are going to look like. I mean, I, I was at the Under Armour All-American game practice. I saw Wanya Morris, and he did some nice things. But when you start in this league, that's a totally different deal. Trey would make a huge difference, and it's not just from the standpoint of he comes in and he's an elite player, or he can move people, or he blocks well. He's a tone setter, and he's somebody who, especially if you had to go with some of those young guys, they see the way he plays the game, and, and they understand inherently this is the way it's got to be done. There's a lot of value in that, to be able to have somebody. Now, they might not have his ability and be able to do the things physically that he does, but you're going to force guys to try and do the things that you do and play the game the way that you do. So that's where Trey would really bring even more value, in my opinion. So if he's there, I think it makes a big difference. The good news is you heard Jeremy mention some of the depth yesterday, how much bigger some of the guys are, how many more guys are going to be there ready to compete. That's the biggest issue with a lot of offensive lines in this league. And people get a little bit concerned with the first five, and they say, well, they got this guy back, this guy back. The reality is the second five are just as important. And it's not just because if someone gets hurt. You have to have guys ready to step in when somebody's not doing their job. And last year, Tennessee had guys that weren't doing their job. And if you can't come out of the game because the next guy's ready, well then you're going to get a little bit complacent and just accept the fact that we're not going to have good offensive line play at certain spots. So I think the second five for Tennessee may be just as important as the first five because if somebody doesn't live up and play to the standard that they need to play, the next one's going to need to get a shot. That kind of comes back to the play 8-10 to 10 offensive lineman that we've heard from Jeremy Pruitt. Tennessee wants to be able to settle on what this group is going to be, what the starting five is, but if, if it's Marcus Tatum or Darnell Wright at right tackle on Saturday, I'd probably bet on Marcus Tatum here, but at some point we're going to see Darnell Wright. The point would be that's a competition that will likely continue. If Trey Smith is starting at left guard, He's going to play there, but how much is he going to play? Brandon Kennedy still has to prove what level he can play at as Tennessee's starting center. He's started one game in his career. It was last year against West Virginia. It wasn't probably his best game, and he's coming back from a torn ACL. K. Ron Calvert, what if he gets hurt? Is he the guy? Jerome Carvin's an option there. Ryan Johnson is somebody that could play either of the guard spots or center. And then, of course, Wanya Morris, as Cole is talking about him, he's a freshman. He's unproven. If he's struggling out there, Jameer Johnson's going to have an opportunity to play left tackle as well. So Cole's point there, uh, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, it makes sense to me. Tennessee needs as many guys to be ready. They want to settle on a starting five, but they have to have a contingency plan for 
a number of different scenarios that could affect a shuffling of the offensive line. Something else that could help? Jim Chaney, Tennessee's offensive coordinator, his presence to design what Tennessee is going to do offensively and whether it's helping the offensive line improve or dealing with the offensive line if it struggles at times. Listen to what Cole Kubelik said about how Jim Chaney can help the offensive line and the offense overall. Number one, Jim Chaney mixes and matches run schemes as well as anybody in the league. He's not going to go into a season and just have inside zone, counter, and toss sweep. He'll... He'll, he'll put in a power one week, and you won't see it again for four or five weeks. Um, you know, he'll put in an outside zone play. Uh, you know, he'll put in a stretch zone play, and you might not see it for another three, four weeks. So he mixes and matches his run schemes very well, whether it's zone, whether it's gap scheme. He'll throw different kind of screens in there. So he really does a nice job with how he calls plays, not only in-game, but through the course of a season to keep people off balance. It's what I've always appreciated about him. And listen, Jim Cheney's a smart guy. Jeremy Pruitt's a smart guy. They're not going into a year thinking, well, we can just run inside zone and play ground and pound and go right at people and have success. They know the offensive line's not good enough to do that. So you mask it, you disguise it, you work around it a little bit, and that gives you a better opportunity to go out and find ways to get yards. Cole Kublik of the SEC Network. So Tennessee's offensive line will have Trey Smith. We don't know how much he's going to play on Saturday. We just know that he's going to play with that announcement coming Wednesday from Jeremy Pruitt and Trey Smith himself. We'll have more time to talk about the offensive line on tomorrow's show. One more thought on the defensive line with Aubrey Solomon being eligible. I should have at least included this in the conversation on Wednesday. Don't get me wrong here. Aubrey Solomon being deemed eligible and being able to play right away is very good news for Tennessee. I don't think anybody is disputing that. We do need to be careful about creating expectations that are too high for him and for Tennessee's defense, especially right away. Aubrey has not been exactly 100% in the month of August. He has been practicing. He's been able to do everything when healthy through the offseason in winter and summer workouts, spring practice, and fall camp. He was practicing as if he was going to be able to play this upcoming Saturday, and we now know that he will be. But Tennessee did not get Indomitian Sioux cleared here. Aubrey was a uh, very highly touted prospect. He is a very talented player, and he might be Tennessee's best defensive lineman. There's a, a very real chance that's the case. Let's just not create expectations that are unfair to him. I think the biggest benefit for Tennessee's defensive line is that one he's experienced two Aubrey is a quality player and three he very much helps the depth because they don't have that many guys who are experienced with Emmett Gooden going down for the season that made it even more important for Tennessee to have Aubrey Solomon available so with him being there takes a little pressure off some of the newcomers like Savion Williams and Elijah Simmons Uh, maybe allows a little more time for somebody like Darrell Middleton to become more comfortable, but Tennessee's still going to be relying on Middleton right away. Tennessee's relying on Matthew Butler and Greg Emerson, John Mincy, you know, pretty much the same, but they have another body to work with that keeps the rotation a little bit fresher, and he is a quality player, so having him is obviously better than not having Aubrey Solomon. So I'll repeat, it's very good news for Tennessee to have Aubrey Solomon available on the defensive line. I would just temper expectations a little bit there is a long-term aspect to this conversation it's still going to take some time for those younger players to grow and develop and as I've said recently assuming health here as much as we can Tennessee should be a better defense and a better team in the first week of October and the first week of November than where it is right now so there might be some growing pains along the way but one thing that will help 
is having Aubrey Solomon available along the way. That is going to do it for Locked on Vols today. I appreciate you being here as the last couple of days have really been filled with news. But coming up on tomorrow's show, I will take a look ahead to the upcoming game, what to watch with Tennessee. Uh, A quick preview of the Georgia State side as well. It's a game that Tennessee should win with ease. But still, I'll tell you about Tennessee's opponent on Friday's show. I might post it tonight, tonight being Thursday. If you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday, well, the show will already have been posted there. If you are not subscribed, please do so. As soon as I post a show, it can be right there in your feed on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Rating and reviewing the show is a big help. And spreading the word about the daily Tennessee podcast, Locked on Vols, is very much appreciated. Thanks for being here today. I'll see you again tomorrow.